Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Marity Jagdish. And now it is the time for The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Uh, Marity, this morning it's all been about the FOMC meeting and those two words, coming soon. Mm, akan datang is how we say it in Singapore, in Malay, my favourite language. And indeed, it is being closely watched. We've been headlining this since six in the morning, six plus in the morning. Yeah. A growing number of Federal Reserve officials expecting an interest rate increase next year uh, as the central bank goes ahead with a reduction of that massive stimulus program uh, that will probably be announced in November, according to analysts. That's right. So we've got nine of those on FMC officials expecting a rate hike next year. So that's up from seven, which was back in June. Otherwise, it was pretty much as telegraphed. We've got rates unchanged near zero for now and tapering to begin as soon as November and finish by mid-2022. Now let's get a bigger picture from Jack Cousy. He's the Managing Director for VFS Group. Morning, Jack. How are you doing today? Good morning, guys. I'm coming soon. Well, glad to have you here now, Jack. Let's break it down. But before we break it down, actually, let's get an overview first. Why do you think markets rallied overnight on Wall Street up nearly 1% despite prospects of tapering and interest rate hikes coming soon? Yeah, I think it was more the Evergrande news. I think Asia led last night's market. You know, we saw some bond payments being made, both denominated in yuan and US dollar for Evergrande. I think that gave the market a little bit more solace. You know, we saw a rally into the FOMC mm. or the Chairman Powell's um, talk, and then we saw a bit of a tapering off, but nothing, you know, too crazy. I think the market was expecting, you know, really no change in terms of the bond buying back program or interest rates happening anytime soon. But, you know, we did get some little tidbits around what is going to happen in the next couple mm. of months and possibly next year with interest rates. We also got to remember that we were coming off, you know, a five-day dip and, and a fairly, you know, rough time for markets. And you saw people conditioned to buying that dip. And we are conditioned to buying those dips and mm-hmm. have been very well conditioned to buying those dips. So it's going to take a lot for us or for markets or investors to shake out that buying the dip. I think... There was a combination of reasons. I think the biggest reason why we saw the big pop from the open was the fact that Asian markets saw a big, you know, big strength in growth yesterday. We did see China open up for the first two days, first mm. day after a couple of days break. Hong Kong was closed, but we did see futures rally, and the Evergrande news and the, yep. and the you know, the debt payment I think helped. So a combination of reasons, I think. Yeah, we'll touch on China Evergrande in just a bit. So let's um, dive into the FMC meeting a bit more. And we've got tapering yeah. by the end of the year, possibly, and a potential rate hike by next year. What does mm. this mean for markets down the road, at least in the US? Look, Mr. Powell, not according to my first name basis, because I, I mm. don't know him very well, but Mr. Powell, I think, has done a very good job. And he has said for a long time that he'll give the market ample warning about tapering. Um, and of course, you know, they dock flood interest rates. I think there are a couple of things that we need to take out of last night that I think are very interesting. We'll see how the market will play out from it. The first thing is that coming soon. So I anticipate that they'll start tapering in December. Now, the thing we've got to remember is they will taper, but it's not like they're going to stop the bond buying program altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, most likely they'll cut it anywhere between 30 to 40, maybe 50%. That's still $60 billion a month. Mm-hmm. of asset purchases they're going to make. So putting that aside, I think 
you know, we're kind of expecting that and we're not going to get the tape attention that everybody's talking about. I don't believe that's going to happen. The second point that I think is more inclined to make is inflation and the, the word transitory maybe got a definition out of it. You know, we've also often talked about, well, okay, it's transitory, but how do you define it and what is this and, and you know, what is that term period? Well, they were saying that they expected inflation to be down to 2.3 by 2022. Now, you've got to take that in a grain of salt, the fact that you know inflation has been out of hand for them and they kind of gauged that yesterday. So I think that's the biggest question the market is now answering, is now we need to answer, answer is how bad is inflation going to be and will it start to come down in 2022? So I think that, the biggest call that I get from Powell's speech last night, and then you factor in interest rates. So the fact that we're seeing a lot of Fed, Fed chairmen or on the board saying that they expect interest rates to come up in 2022, I think was the biggest thing to take out of our market. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's going to be a gradual increase. And I think the market can take that and will go instead. So I think the biggest question mark for investors, and I continue to say this, is you need to ask yourself whether you think inflation is transitory. And if you do... I think you buy this market, I think we'll see a sustained rally over the next couple of years going Mm. out and putting up in. But if inflation does get out of hand and these 2.3 in 2022 and these 2.1 projections that we see out of the Fed are not right, then that's where I'll start to see Mm. a lot of volatility in markets and the need to force interest rates higher and quicker than we ever thought. And, And that's the biggest question facing us as investors. Right, Jack. And if we focus on the US dollar, it's up nearly 4% year to date. What's the outlook here? Should traders continue to be long? And if you look at the dollar index, it's at 93.5 right now. And for reference, the dollar versus sing dollar at 1.354. So where does it go from here? Yeah. Yeah, again, off the back of, you know, sustained weakness we saw for about six to 12 months on the back of, you know, that $4 trillion plan we had in the Senate. I think the US dollar will continue to show strength. Considering all the troubles you're having in China, it has now reaffirmed itself as against, I guess, as the most stable large economy in the world and somewhere where you want to be parking your money in towards that. And if we start to factor what investors have to understand is there are things called an interest rate differential, right, between, you know, monetary policy. So if you see higher interest rates somewhere else, you park your money there. So if we're factoring in interest rates going up in the U.S. and they look like they are, I think you're going to see continued flow into the U.S. dollar and, and, and their bond yields are still significantly higher than most countries in the world, even at these low rates. So even in turbulence, you're going to see some flow towards US dollar. So I think we go higher from here. Mm. The US dollar position is something to have in your portfolio, in my opinion. Let me just make one more point there, particularly for your Singapore investors mm. out there um, who are investing in US stocks, possibly. A higher, a higher US dollar helps you because on the premise that eventually you will sell those stocks and bring your money back to Singapore dollars, a rally in the US dollar does assist you during those times. So you could get the benefit of a rising stock price in your US dollar investment, plus a rising US dollar against the Singapore dollar, and that could you know, you know, um, extrapolate those gains in owning foreign assets, particularly in the US. Yeah, good point on the currency effect. Um, and just to wrap things up, Jack, it's hard to avoid talking about China Evergrande these days. And this was raised at the FMC's press conference. Uh, Fetcher Jerome Powell says, you know, these things pretty much seem contained to China for now. And there seems to be some good news, if we can call it that. China Evergrande saying it's agreed to a deal with at least domestic bondholders to avoid a default on one of its interest payments. Uh, but if you look at yeah. the whole issue, what sort of ripples are you expecting here? 
well, I mean, how long have we got here? Because there have been many, 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 many ripples in this large ocean that we've seen out of China. I'll just address the first point about power. He was asked about this in relation to corporate debt in the U.S., and he pretty much said that that wasn't a problem, and I I tend to believe what they're saying there. Mm. Look, the Evergrande problem is, I think, a process in an economy that has been deleveraging since September last year, and a process in an economy that continues to mature. You know, I, you know, China is great at playing the long game, and unfortunately for them, they've had to play the short-term game in terms of, I think, the bailout and, you know, easing some of these investment pressures. But you must understand in the scheme of a 20- or 30-year play, your regulation on tech, your deleveraging of your companies, this is part of a greater plan a more stable and more domestic-based economy. So there will be more hits. I think you're going to see more news out of this. But I encourage investors to think about China's last 50 years and then think about China's next 50 years. And what you're seeing right now is laying the tracks for their economy for the next 50 years. So I think they'll come out of this stronger, and I still believe they will be the centre of global economic activity over the next 30 years. Right, so maybe some speed bumps to watch out for here. We've been chatting with Jack Cousy. He's the Managing Director for VFS Group. Jack, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, guys. Stay safe out there and have a lovely week. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.